Namaskaram. We have seen so far in the narration of the story of Saraswati Sindhu Hindu civilization eight topics. The topics are, which we have covered so far, are Samudra Manthanam, Geography and Polity, Trade, Wealth of Nations, Technology, Economy, Language and Culture. The last segment, the topic, takes a look at all these seven topics and suggests that the principal sources of history are available to us today for narrating the history of the civilization from the 7th millennium before common era. So it no longer needs to be treated as a proto-history because we have got primary sources of the inscriptions which have been deciphered, which can be used to narrate the life activities of the people of the so-called prehistorical times which now become historical times on the civilizational area of India, that is Bharat. So principal sources of history. So we have got very beautiful maps prepared by Schwarzberg indicating the artifacts of uh, stone weapons and stone tools that were used in the so-called Stone Age and the Indian sites which have exhibited the those days of the Stone Age. Then the Neolithic culture emerges in a number of parts of India as seen in the map again from the Schwarzberg Atlas which shows the types of tools and parts houseware that were used and the tools they were working with during the both Neolithic and the Salkolithic culture. Salkolithic related only copper and the tin bronze revolution brought in the alloying culture the so called bronze age which I called the tin bronze age, tin bronze iron age, steel age, Koternas. Then we have got very beautiful mapping done in these spy maps of the post Harappan and iron age pottery sites. They are all over the country. So again we have to re very clearly remember that when we talk of the Saraswati Sindhu civilization, we are not talking of the settlements of only these two river basins. We are talking of the support base that existed which created the network of resources that were being supplied from all over Bharatam and all over the from all over the ancient Far East. And also the west of uh, Sindhu from the present day Iran and Baluchistan. They were also source suppliers of material. The Persian Gulf was also a source. So they were all integral part of the entire expanded civilizational area. It was a greater civilizational area of the Saraswati Sindhu civilization. So we have seen the spoked wheels. We have found terracotta spoked wheels in Banwali and Bhildana. The spokes are painted. They could be spindles, spindle walls, but they could also be representations of spoked wheels. Horse bones have been found from Surkotada in Kutch. We have a horse figurine found in Luthal and Mohenjadaro. We have the horse head as a chess piece found in Luthal. So the a small horse and of course the Kara onager also existed in the area. Sindh horse was very famous in the entire Eurasia. The organization of the artisans into guilds was a remarkable social engineering. It resulted in the emergence of a guild master, a fadkari, fadnis, a public officer, the keeper of the register of wealth accounting ledgers of a metals manufactory. That such a guild master is shown on a seal, pictorial motif, the symbol or the interscript sign is a squirrel, palm squirrel. The squirrel signifies a tree, flying squirrel. Rebus, 
श्रेष्ठी गिल्ड मास्टर सेठ ए बैंकर ए मर्चेंट चट्टान पोस्टल लैंग्वेज सेम मर्चेंट प्लस कार स्क्वेरल केन स्क्वेरल हैज गॉट टू वर्ड्स श्रेष्ठी कार बोथ सिग्निफाई गिल्ड मास्टर एंड मेटल वर्कर कारा कारे कारा स्क्वेरल रेबस कार ब्लैकस्मिथ does this squirrel signifies a guild master of a blacksmith guild this person becomes so important he regulates the activities of artisans and pulls them together into a coordinated effort in an organizational structure called the shreni or the guild we have a squirrel hieroglyph engraved as part of a text message on the nindavari seal a number of other seals have been found with the same palm squirrel symbol who represents the guild master shreshtri set kar blacksmith Let's take a deeper look at the variants of this uh, glyph, hieroglyph, as a sign. And this sign, together with the ficus glomerata sign, get embellished with two ligatures, showing like two years of the sign. They also signify hieroglyphic representations. Kara is a year, kar is a blacksmith, and the ligature with about three small little strokes signifies kolom three, kolimi. smithy forge so these are signifiers very clear symbols of workers of metal work lapidary work working with jewels and gems and with metals and alloys working with roha metal and also with the guild so an organizational structure gets embellished a metal components a metal resources get embellished these are two very unique symbols those two unique ligatures which are very important to note so it means the scribe was very clearly trying to communicate the importance of these two categories the metals as a resource and the artisans as a resource who organized themselves into a guild the guild became a major resource a social organization which was creating wealth for the nation which could be shared among the people so that is the most important so that of course the details of the decipherment can be seen with the very with a number of words expressions from almost all the indian languages which relate to this hieroglyph hieroglyphs of loha glova ficus glomerata and the shaped in car the squirrel the palm squirrel palm squirrel again is seen on a very beautiful seal a seal impression in the upen museum it is from the gad seals seal number 18 where gad very clearly proved that the indescript continued into the ur area in mesopotamia So this is an inscribed seal found in Mesopotamia, called the Gad Seal Number Eighteen, showing a short-horned young bull, short-horned bull, and with three symbols, which are all inscribed hieroglyphs, signifying Rango Buffalo, Ranga Pewter Tin, Muhammad, Iron Quantity Acquired by Colleys Smelters of Equilateral Lumps of Little. pointed crucible in gods was in shaped muh rebus muh in god kanda four ganda four rebus kanda metal implements thus the signs of this seal signify equipment and in gods made by karnaka with his spread legs who is a scribe who is a karni a supercargo Was also a Karnataka herdsman. The, the magnificent signifier, Karshesti, squirrel, Rebus, Kar blacksmith, 
Schleswig Guildmaster. Aitareya Brahmana mentions this specific term, Schleswig as a guildmaster. We have the tradition in Germany. The founder of the German people is called Twisto. I submit that the Twisto word comes from Twista, Twister, the artisan, Shukarman. Same person is shown with two torques. on the pillar of the boatman in paris approximately first century common era and also on the gundastrup cauldron silver cauldron where these inscriptions skills are remembered and shown this twisto thrustra is the divinity venerated in the rashtri suktam of the rigveda by vagdevi rendering her richa in praise of the devata atman life principle and sensation So this is the pillar of the boatman, where the Karnadhara car, Karnadhara, the man wearing these tarts on his ears, is a Karnadhara, Karnadhara car, Karnaka, Veluha helmsman, blacksmith. He is signified by the hieroglyphs of the tarts held on the ears. Singin, Singin horn, he is a horn person. Singi kara, car ear, car, noa car, blacksmith, iron worker, a farrier. Thus together, singi car. ornament goldsmith so these signifiers are so profoundly recognized they spread all over europe and this is as of date of first century common era this pillar of the boatman has been set up in paris we have the seal of m101 seal with the field symbols of the young bull the standard device and the polado bird tagged together with the fish symbol to signify metal work and working with steel Poladu, Polad, Poladu, Black Drago, Polad, Steam. The great long tablet also has a number of symbols which are metalwork catalogs by the artisans and seafaring merchants who have documented and identified their activities and the products that they produced using these hieroglyphs. It's a brass leaf tablet with remarkable features, remarkable. documentation of the spine then a pincer and a standing person spread legs a spoked wheel and so on and of course the usually occurring karnika very much part so we have seen these symbols and we have got a person water carrier kuti water carrier kuti smelter we have seen the spine which could be a barado barata or it could be a karado karad alloy metal hard alloy metal or it could be car Spine, car, blacksmith. The pincer, car, patakar, car, blacksmith. So the Karnataka repeatedly we find these signs signifying very specific activities of the artisans working with wealth resources. Again, we see a variant of the rice plant is a sprout with five short strokes. Kolu is a sprout. Kolu is a wedge metal. Wedge, a metal. of course we have the rim of a jar with inlaid stroke or a slash a notch is kanda rebus kanda equipment slash is dhala stroke dhala ko large ingot so ingots and equipment ingot and equipment karnika karnika is documenting ingots equipment metal work again the bird within brackets the bracket parenthesis as guide observed is a split parenthesis becomes the brackets the bracket is a muha a bun in got a lozenge shape 
combined parenthesis without splitting muh parenthesis lozenge shape rebus muh ingot working with ingots and the two bangles kara bangles wristlets rebus kara blacksmith so every one of these symbols can be very clearly found out to be rebus representations of meluha expressions and when we say meluha we are referring to the common commonly used form of the word which is found in almost all the language families of our country they are in mundarika they are in santali they are in tibetan they are in indo aryan and they are also in dravidian so all these languages carry variations of these word this core meluha words which have a rebus rendering of wealth resource so that is a categorical message that's why it has been detailed so with a lot of words are involved in this slide please go through them very carefully you can very clearly see one feature there was a unifying force of the spark bund the linguistic area of the speech union where people from different language families were able to understand each other with variant pronunciations so we can now see it even in dialects even today the dialectical speech of a worker sitting working in a farm and a literary person writing a poetry or a chandas or a richa very variation in pronunciation so the pronunciation became a very important feature in the sacred process of working with the fire altar so they called these people mispronunciation people they are called the meluha they mispronounce use ungrammatical language but communicate message effectively in their speech the dialectical speech which can be seen in this beautiful two imageries from dolavera and mohanjodaro where a woman with breasts hanging down is ligated to a bull so it's a ligature indicating what work she is doing she is a decrepit woman this is a dokra you know we have in india a tradition called the dokra kamar they are the serapadu masters who produce the serapadu artifacts in chatisgarh bastar orissa she is a dokra she is a metal smith dangar bull dangar blacksmith she is a blacksmith but she is a specialist working with metal metal infusion and creating artifacts using serapadu technique of the dokra dogra tradition of bronze brass alloys pachaloha look at the ornaments and then look at the fillet the gold fillets that's worn on the forehead of the priest and there are two pins shown on either end of this string of next thing necklace they are like pens they are writing pens they are writing pens of that civilizational time they are like needles stitching needles they were used for writing on metal using iron oxide paint so these are the five such artifacts of pin pens that have been found together shown together with the gold pendant in the mohenjodaro excavation report by john marshall the man wearing the fillet and the dotted circle on his forehead and of course also on his right shoulder the fillets are two types one is a straight fillet another is a like a wave so the ornaments we have seen the fillets were worn by the priests in archaeological finds they are of different shapes patta patti means a fillet patel 
is a village headman. So the patas or investors used in the investors investors ceremony according to Satapada Brahmana, when the priests were involved, like the pota potra potadara, hotra, nestet nestru, they are all presented with shawls with uh, trefoils and other symbols, and also fillets with different symbols. Here we have two fillets. One is a fillet together with a dotted circle as worn by the Bhojadara priest. Another fillet with a different shape like a wave, maybe signifying a particular type of priest or the 16 priests who are engaged in the performance of the Rajasuya or Vajapaya, Egna. They were all sayers of metal. They were anointed with these fillets after the performance of the ceremony which produced the results of the Egna. So, Mundikak priest wears a distinct fillet shape of this wave. Maybe he was a Hotra, the principal priest working together with the organization of the other 16 priests, including Potra, Potadara, Dabad Potra. So, this writing instrument, this pen that we see, is to use together with a carnoy rings, which are ink pots. The ink is ferrite oxide. This ink, the nib of the, this pen, which looks like a needle end, say a needle, suchi, is dipped into the iron oxide, and written on metal so this gold pen itself contains this instance this inscription written down using the iron oxide ferrite oxide four symbols which signified it was work related to kanchu bell metal and working in a smithy and with alloy metal and mineral ores these are the symbols they were written down in long hand using this pen so they had writing instruments they had the ink pot They also had the writing pens. So the details are given here. The tank is a pen nib. Takasala is a mint. So the related words, related to the work of the metal workers and the mint workers and the workers in gold and jewelry, are all clearly recorded as hieroglyphs, either in the form of the artifacts themselves or in the writing. They have written as inscriptions on these artifacts. Takasali is a mint master. Takasali is a mint master. Tanksal is a mint. So dual purpose instrument. It's a pen and also a needle. And he would wear it as an amulet on his necklace. Suchi is a needle. Suchi could be an indicator. A subject on which the inscription relates. Evidence of cursive writing we have seen on the gold pen. Kenoyer has reported the inscription that has been found on this. Which can be read rebus as indescript hieroglyphs. So now... We can summarize the entire story of these hieroglyphs and the Indus Karpara. They have been put together into three volumes called the Epigraphia Indescript, which are integral components of the Epigraphia Indica. All these three volumes contain roughly about 8,000 inscriptions, which are all wealth accounting ledgers, metalwork catalogs, and working with resources of metals, alloys, minerals, mints, furnaces, organize themselves into guilds, guild masters, working with ores, steel, polad, pola, magnetite ore, io fish, is alloy metal, kanda arrow, kanda four, kanda equipment. We have the young bull, we have seen that, konda, kondo, kondo, fire trench with live coal, agri kunda. So these have been brought together in three volumes of epigraphia in the script. Surprise! These hieroglyphs become professional calling cards. There are 
anthropomorphs that have been found in scores in the Hichitra region. This is an extension of the Saraswati Sindhu civilization area in the Ganga Yamuna Dome. And one anthropomorph carries a Brahmi inscription together with the Indus script signified by the anthropomorph itself, which is bent horns of a ram, person with spread legs, Karnaka, Karnaka helmsman, and horns, bent horns of a ram, bent ram, bent iron. An iron worker, and on the breast of the anthropomorph is shown the one-horned young bull, which you have seen is Konda Singh in Pyralta working with ornament gold, and on top of the head is the symbol of Varaha. Varaha we have seen is buddy worker in iron and wood. So here is an anthropomorph which, which signifies the professional competence of this professional calling on this professional calling card of a worker in iron and wood. A turner, a worker in, with fire sacred furnace, worker in iron, and a helmsman with a cargo boat. And this is overwritten with a Brahmi inscription, which refers to Majita Sadhya. Majita Sadhya in Brahmi expression signifies a member of a Baji boat people assembly a community. A Janapada existed of these boat people. They call themselves Majita Sadhya. So this owner of this anthropomorph, a professional calling card, is a Majita Sadhya, member of a Maji Board People Assembly. So the Brahmi inscription expanded on the semantics of the Indescript hieroglyphs signified by the anthropomorph. It is an astonishing continuum of the language and writing system that continued into the historical periods. We do not know the exact date of the anthropomorph. It has not been found in an archaeological context. Its provenance is uh, not firm, firmly defined. But it is very clear that such anthropomorphs existed and have been found. We have the seals showing again, people jumping or tumbling over a buffalo, the tumblers, tullu, tull, metal casters. This symbolization, this representation in Reba's readings of Meluha, with uh, pictures of a uh, arrow, kanda, kanda equipment, with a jag or an arch, kanda, a buffalo, rango, rango, pewter, and a butting bulls, butting mutti, mushtika, but mushtika, goldsmith. So the, again and again, the hieroglyphs and Indus script seem to signify a documentation of the wealth resources and wealth accounting ledgers maintained by the Karnaka accountant. Karnika accountant. One tablet was found in uh, Kanveriwala with a seated person in doing penance with an arch over his head. Skamata is a penance. Kamata is a mint. Arch is a manda. Arch. Manda is a warehouse. So the worshipper is Bata. Bata is a furnace. Furnace worker. Similar person seated in a penance posture has been reported in a copper seal. Again, provenance is doubtful. Both Rick Willis and Vasan Shinde look upon this as a continuum of the Mohanjadaro copper plate inscriptions, which can also be read in Meluha readings. Kamada penance, Rebus Kamata mint, code, horns, code, workshop, pair of fishes on the chest, Dula pair, Rebus Dul cast metal, Ayo fish, 
Rebus Ayas Metal Roy Aya Ayan. Thus is our current Dula Aya Cast Metal Alloy. Another Mohindra Seal 1181 is square seal. It depicts a nude male deity with three faces. Three faces. Trust. Triceras. Rigveda says. So he is a Trusta. Tatar. He is a brass worker. Tatan. Brass worker. Tatara. That is there evidenced in a number of languages of the Indian Spark Bund or the Language Union. He is wearing wristlets, kara, rebus, car. He is a blacksmith. He has a bunch of twigs on his headdress. Headdress, kuti. He is a twig. Atharvaveda, Rigveda, kuti, smelter. He is a smelter, brass worker. Take a look at some narratives on the Indus seal. Here is the seal M300 presenting a narrative. The hieroglyphs are, the Indescript hieroglyphs are, Manda, raised platform, stool, arch. Rebus reading, Manda, warehouse. Lova, Ficus glomerata leaf, rebus, low, copper, iron, metal, kara, wristlets, bangles that the adorant wears, rebus, car, blacksmith, ironsmith, dangra, bull, hoofs of bovine, rebus, dangar, blacksmith. Then on the obverse of this tablet is bagala, pleiades, rebus, bagala, dhau, seafaring vessel. Comparable prayer posture is seen on the Sritsam Shi Bronze Louvre Museum, which narrates in an Akkadian Elamite inscription I, Shilhak, Inshishanak, son of Shutruk Nanhunte, beloved servant of Inshishanak, king of Anshan and Susa, made a bronze sunrise. Bronze sunrise. The rebus readings are Med, Iron, Mundarika. Ho, Medit, Iron, Santali, Med, Copper, Slavic. The narratives continue on a number of uh, seals and seal impressions, showing uh, an arched, uh, ficus glomerata structure, a tiger with an adorant in front, on the top the signs of uh, a tree, a water carrier, and an X. All are hieroglyphs. And we have seen that M300 seal. Mandi is a kneeling position. Manda is a warehouse, workshop. Mada is a shrine. Mandir is a temple. Bari, roof. Bari, thatched roof. Vari, wrap, wind. Barai, carpenter. Bari, merchant. Bariya, merchant. Wadi, one who helps a merchant. Yamachandra, Desiyanamamala, old Prakrit. So most of the Meluha words or the ancient Indian language words are all traceable to the Prakritam versions of the ancient language of the Saraswati Sindhu civilization. And the worshipper is a Bata, Rebus, Bata Parnas. Rebus reading further continues, Batudu, a title of the five castes of artisans, artificers or guilds of artificers, a carpenter, one who makes a god of his belly. Five categories of artificers are recognized in the Indian tradition. Panchalamu, the Punjab, the five river systems, five waters, the country north of India, between the foot of the Himalayas and the Chambal. Panchali, the daughter of the king of Panchala, a title of Draupadi, the web of the five Pandu princes. So we are dealing with that Sapta Sindhu region, which includes the Panchalada or Panchala. So Vadla Bhattulu, Again, a variant of the body, Vadlangi, Vadlavadu signifies a carpenter. Vadlangi Pitta is a woodpecker. 
So he is a Shilpi. He is a skilled artisan in the art of creation. He is a Shilpin. He is also a tailor. Shilpamu, an art, any manual of mechanical art. Muchi is a carpenter. Padlangi is a carpenter, a weaver. Salavadu, Kasivadu, Shilpa Shastram, a mechanical science, the science of architecture. So these were the trades and artificial activities that the people were getting engaged in. Then we have the science which can be read as rebus in the script. Kutila bent, rebus, kutila, katil, bronze, eight parts of copper and two parts of tin. So we are dealing with the tin bronze age. Ara, ara kota, brass. Ara, spokes. Ara, brass. The glyph of the rim of a jar is karnaka. Projection on the side of a vessel or a handle. Pali is called Karnaka, having ears or corners. Kandakanka is the Santali version. Rebus, furnace account, scribe. Kanda is a furnace. Kanda is a fire altar. Kan is a copper. Kanaka is one who digs, digger, excavator. Karanikamu, a clerk, a clerkship. The officer is Karanam or clerk. Karanam, Kulkarni, Desha Kulkarni. Karana means an act or a deed in Rigvedic times. Karana means doing. Karana, Kamramana, work. Karana, instrument. Karado, a curriculum. Rebus, Karadi, a turner. Karado, a curriculum. Rebus, Karada, Karade, Debuk, Marathi. Similarly, Mleda, a twist or a tangle arising in the thread of a card or a curl or snarl. Rebus, med, iron, copper. Munda, Slavic. Med, med. Munda, ho, santali. Meth, copper in Slavic languages. Slovak. Another tablet, M1453A, there is a passage in about six uh, indescript signs and a remarkable narrative of a person seated on a stool flanked by two adherents and also two cobra hoods. The stool, Kando is a stool, Rebus, Khan, furnace, Vikalpa, Khan is a stone, stone metal, ore metal. Stone ore metal could be iron ore. Kamada is a penance, seated in penance posture. Rebus, Khan, stone ore. Rebus, Kambatta, mint. Serpent hoods, Pata. Pata is sharpness, tempered. Padam, tempered. Pada, metals, manufactory. A rimless pot is one of the signs. Bata, Rebus, Bata, smelter furnace. It appears that the message of the hieroglyphs is about a mint or metal workshop which produces sharpened, tempered iron using stone ore, using a furnace. We can go through the details of all the hieroglyphs in the text message like Konda, Bend or Kodi, Corner, like Adar, Splinter or Sal, Splinter or Rebus, Sal, Workshop, As, Scales of Fish, Rebus, Aya, Metal, Iron, Kara, wristlets, bangles. Karai, wrist. Rebus, car, blacksmith. Dula, pair. Rebus, dul, metal casting. Rim of a jar, as we have seen. Karnaka, projection of side of a vessel. Karnaka, scribe, an accountant. Karnika, supercargo. Karnaka, a helmsman. Karnamu, he was in charge. He was the active seafaring merchant who was documenting all the cargo and taking it across in cargo boats. So the suggested rebus readings indicate that the Indus writing served the purpose of artisans and traders to create metalware, stoneware, mineral catalogues, 
products with which they carried on their life activities in an evolving tin bronze age surprise on october 20 2020 a remarkable article appeared in the nature magazine presented by a group of genetists including included ganeshwar chaube of banaras hindu university that october 20 happened to be my 81st birthday they recorded a remarkable finding the genetic researchers analyzed 1437 male samples from south asia for various novel downstream markers genetic markers carefully selected from the extant phylogenetic tree so a surprise we have a remarkable genetic finding reported in the nature magazine on 20 october 2020 my birthday the my 81st first birthday this is done by a group of genetic researchers which included ganeshwar chaube of the banaras hindu university who has a gyan lab lab genetic lab these genetic researchers analyzed 1437 male samples from south asia for various novel downstream genetic markers carefully selected from the extant phylogenetic tree with this increased resolution of genetic markers the researchers were able to identify at least three founder streams to haplogroup o2a m95 which are likely to have been associated with the dispersal of austroasiatic languages in south asia the fourth founder was exclusively present among the tibeto burman speakers of manipur and bangladesh in summary the researchers found and they suggest that the arrival of austroasiatic languages in south asia occurred during the last 5000 years this remarkable genetic finding finds its parallel and collaboration collaboration on indescript documentation here is a karen bronze drum like the dongsong bronze drum which shows an elephant iba elephant rebus jib iron a tree kuti tree rebus kuti smelter a frog mukha frog rebus mukh ingot it has on top of the tympanum sun's rays arka sun's rays rebus yaraka metal infusion arka copper gold it also shows a peacock maraka peacock rebus maraka ka calciferous metal copper alloy i submit that the markmeyer speakers were integral to the meluha bharatiya spakbund language union of saraswati sindhu civilization these are the speakers who called efishe aya rebus aya iron ias alloy metal aya the markmeyer speakers were integral to the meluha bharatiya spakbund the language union of the saraswati sindhu civilization the spoken language was referred to as meluha or melecha in which yudhishthira and vidura converse during the jatakruha parva in the mahabharata these are the meluhas look at the map which shows the dispersal of the austroasiatic speakers from the satal parganas area santali mundarika ho and they move into mankmer region and then get back into the indian ocean let us now summarize the spectrum of the sources of history which uh, provide us a framework for analyzing the arts and cultural traditions saraswati sindhu civilization used ligatures in art forms we have seen the birth of ganesha as a regulate ligature form structure we have seen makara the crocodile fish elephant trunk combined together into a combined animal called as makara kirtimuka the fierce tiger face they are all indescript hieroglyphs this tradition of writing system picture writing mlechata vikalpa called by vatsayana 
ఆర్ బ్లీచర్ ద వికల్ప మెన్షన్ అనేది మనం కంటిన్యూస్ యాజ్ అ కంటిన్యూమ్ ఇన్ ది మిన్స్ ఆఫ్ ది పంచ్ మార్క్ కాయిన్స్ అండ్ క్యాస్ట్ కాయిన్స్ ఆఫ్ విత్ ఇండస్క్రిప్ట్ హీరోగ్లిఫ్స్ దిస్ ఆల్సో కంటిన్యూస్ ఇన్ టెంపుల్స్ తీర్థస్థానాస్ పరియాత్రాస్ డాక్టర్ బి శ్రీ బలరామ ఆన్ ది రివర్ సరస్వతి వీ హ్యావ్ ది కల్చరల్ ట్రెడిషన్స్ ఆఫ్ ధర్మ ఆత్మన ద లైఫ్ ప్రిన్సిపల్ వీ హ్యావ్ కల్చరల్ ట్రెడిషన్స్ ఆఫ్ యోగా అండ్ వర్షిప్ వీ హ్యావ్ ఆల్సో సీన్ కాంట్రిబ్యూషన్స్ టు ఫార్మేషన్ ఆఫ్ ద గ్రోల్ స్టాండర్డ్ అండ్ ద డాన్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫైనాన్షియల్ సిస్టమ్స్ ఆఫ్ వరల్డ్ ఆఫ్ నేషన్స్ వీ హ్యావ్ సీన్ ద వరాహ్ ఆఫ్ ది కార్నీలియల్ రింగ్ ఆఫ్ కిరడి అండ్ ద వరాహ్ ఆఫ్ కాజరాహో వీ ఆల్సో సీన్ ఆవ్ ఫ్రమ్ ఎంకోర్ వాట్ స్టోల్ అండ్ స్కల్ప్చర్స్ బ్రాడ్ బ్యాక్ ఫ్రమ్ అమెరికా షోయింగ్ ఇన్ కురుక్షేత్ర ది గదా యుద్ధ బిట్వీన్ భీమా అండ్ దుర్యోధన దిస్ ఆర్ ఆల్ రిమెంబర్డ్ మెమరీస్ ఇన్ ది సీన్ ఆఫ్ స్కల్చరల్ రిప్రజెంటేషన్ వీ సీ ది పాండవాస్ టుగెదర్ విత్ కృష్ణ విత్ ఫోర్ హ్యాండ్స్ యాజ్ విట్నెసెస్ టు దిస్ గ్రేట్ ఈవెంట్ ఆఫ్ ది గదా యుద్ధ వేర్ భీమా రివెంజర్స్ ది రాంగ్ డీడ్స్ అధార్మిక్ డీడ్స్ ఆఫ్ దుర్యోధన అండ్ డిస్ట్రాయ్ సిమ్ సో వాట్ వీ సీ ఫ్రమ్ దీస్ సోర్సెస్ ఆఫ్ హిస్టరీ విచ్ ఆర్ ఎపిగ్రఫియా ఇండికా నో దే హ్యావ్ గాట్ ఇంప్లికేషన్స్ ఫర్ వేర్ లాంగ్వేజ్ స్టడీస్ లాంగ్వేజ్ ఎక్స్ హెస్ బీన్ పాస్టులేటెడ్ బై సమ్ లాంగ్వేజ్ అండ్ బోరోయింగ్ ఫ్రమ్ ప్రోటోముండా ది మాన్క్మేర్ లాంగ్వేజెస్ ఆర్ ఆస్ట్రో ఏషియాటిక్ దే కెన్ బై ఐడెంటిఫైడ్ ఇన్ ఓవర్ సెవెన్ ట్వంటీ ఫైవ్ ఏన్షియన్ ఇన్ లాంగ్వేజెస్ ఆఫ్ ఇండియా ఇన్ ఇండియన్ లెక్సికాన్ హెస్ బీన్ కంపైల్డ్ విత్ ఓవర్ ఎయిట్ థౌసండ్ సెమాంటిక్ క్లస్టర్స్ షోయింగ్ ది ట్రైసెన్షియల్ సెమాంటిక్ యూనిటీ అండ్ కల్చరల్ యూనిటీ ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ది భారతీయ లాంగ్వేజెస్ ది ఫార్మేషన్ అండ్ ఎవల్యూషన్ ఆఫ్ లాంగ్వేజ్ ఎక్స్ and the differentiation into prakrits pali and other languages of india need to be studied deeper through isoglosses of the linguistic area the decoding of the saraswati hieroglyphs establishes firmly the essential cultural continuum of the civilization which was nurtured principally on the banks of the vedic river saraswati accounting for 80% of the civilizational sites more than 2000 the continuum is evidenced in language and also in many cultural markers look at this cultural marker seen in about uh, 10 or 11 seals showing the combination of animals combined animal architecture on one we see two animals a short-horned bull and one one-horned young bull and a fish all these are individually identified as hieroglyphs they constitute wealth resources of a variety of kinds these 11 seals are from మోహన్లారో అమ్రి ద్వారకా ధోలవీరా బిరిడానా విచ్ అకౌంటెడ్ ఆన్ కాలిబంగన్ బిరిడానా హెస్ షోన్ ఎ కంటిన్యూటీ ఆఫ్ ది సివిలైజేషన్ ఫ్రమ్ ది సెవెంత్ మిలినియం బీసీ కంటిన్యూస్లీ కంటిన్యూస్ సెటిల్మెంట్స్ హెవ్ బిన్ ఐడెంటిఫైడ్ రైట్ ఫ్రమ్ ఎ సర్కులర్ లివింగ్ ప్లేస్ టు రెక్టాంగులర్ స్క్వేర్ బిల్డింగ్స్ లెట్ ఇస్ గో త్రూ సమ్ ఆఫ్ దీస్ టూ అనిమల్స్ జాయింట్ టుగెదర్ ప్రోటోమ్స్ వన్ హాండ్ young bull head is joined to a short horn bull and a fish is top on top as a sign the seal is m298 we have seen that one horn young bull represents singikunda ornament gold furnace and the ox is bharata baran alloy of copper pewter and tin the forward thrusting horn goat is mereka in case look upon it as a goat instead of a bull mereka braid goat goat rebus melako copper so only two animal heads are joined together in this whereas in other seals we found three animal heads joined together with the joining of these two animals it's being signified that is an ornament gold worker an ornament gold goldsmith and also works with mixed alloys of baran and bharat eight copper four zinc one tin 
There are 14 underscript inscriptions which have three animal heads joined to a bovine body. I suggest that the composition signified three-headed twasta, a metaphor of the twasta which is seen in the Rigveda, father of Trisiras, three faces. We have seen on some seals three faces, Trisiras, three heads, Rebus, twasta, twastra, copper, Rebus, Thattara, brass worker, twasta, twisto, Thattara, brass worker. Together, the Thrissiras, three-headed, is read as Thwashta, father of Thrissiras, Rebus Thwashtr, copper, Thattara, brass worker, Thutur, Thattaro, Gantaro, Thatiyar, Thatera, Thatero, Thatero, Thatera, Thateri, Thatera. Variety of pronunciations, but the basic framework is Thattara, brass worker. Three-headed animal, together with two signs of sun's rays, Arka, sun's rays, Arka, copper and gold. Araka, metal infusion. Arkashala, goldsmith's workshop. We have seen the three heads. One antelope, could be Ranku, Arthagara, antelope. Rebus, Ranku, tin. Thagara, tin. The rice plant is Colmo. Rebus, Colimi, Smithy Forge. Arka, sun's rays, we have seen copper, gold. Araka, metal infusion. Under the series of rays emanating like furrows, Char. Poros, Rebus, Saar, workshop. So he is representing an Arkashala, a goldsmith workshop working with bronze alloy, indicated by, signified by the forward thrusting horns and antelope, ornament gold with the forward thrusting spiny horn young bull, and barad bison mixed alloy. So we can see very clearly the Rebus representations were indicators of the wealth resources with which the artisans were working. For example, the antelope is looking backwards. Karamaramu, Kramara is looking back. Rebus, Kamar means blacksmith. Another seal which shows again the rice plant with the Karado, the Karikomb symbol combined together. Kolmo is a rice plant, Rebus Kolimi is Smithi. Karado is a Karikomb, Karadia is a Karikomb, Karada is a day book. It also means Karada, hard alloy from iron, silver, etc. And Karadi is a tunnel. So what he is indicating is that he is now treating this as a day book of activities of artisans working with alloys of iron, silver, etc. On this seal, the field symbol includes two antelopes, one with a forward thrusting horn, another looking backwards, curving horns backwards. With his heads turned towards backwards to signify Kramara, look back, Rebus, Kamar, blacksmith. Bildana seals, again throw 300 animals. Kramara, looking back, Kamar, blacksmith, and uh, four linear strokes are shown as the sign. Ganda, four, Rebus, Kanda, implements. Kanda, joint of stock, stock, arrow, Kanda, implements, equipment. It's a semantic determinative of the work that is being documented in this wealth resource documentation. Another seal shows two signs together with the three-headed animal. One is the rim of a jar, we know that it is Kanda Karnaka. Fire trench account, Karni supercargo, Karnika, helmsman, merchantman, and we see the backbone, Karada, Karanda, bone shaped like a bamboo, Karandia, backbone, Karada, hard alloy, it could also be Barado, signifying Rebus, Bharata, alloy metal. So we see Karnika, again rim of jar, supercargo, engraver, account keeper, accountant. Again, three more symbols from Dhalavira, 
with a man standing with a raised hand eraka upraised arm eraka metal infusion again same symbols same meanings kar kara wristlet that uh, the man wears rebus kar blacksmith so here are representations of goldsmith three artificers petalis working with copper tin alloy ornament gold and bharata alloy metal of copper zinc and tin another seal mojadara 1169 kin says the same three animals but it's a very long inscription pretty long inscription it's about 10 plus signs so the joint parts of the animal are clearly means sangada joint parts of animals rebus sangar sangar in the trade sangada also mean can mean a cargo boat bharat balad ox bharata pictures of alloy of copper pewter and tin konda young bull konda engraver turner mill goat milaku copper bletcha copper the goat looking backwards we have seen kamaru look back kamar blacksmith kamaru kamar thus the goat with the forward thrusting horns and looking backwards signifies a copper smith let's continue the signs ten signs all these signs are very clearly remarkations of metalwork catalogs this thing polodu a bird bird drango black drango polodu means steel we have seen ayas aya fish ayas alloy metal we are seeing a pot with a lid bata rimless pot bata iron bata furnace and muka is a lid muha means ingot so a furnace being made used for making ingots so the list is very comprehensive including the fish with a stroke stroke is a dhala dhalako is a large ingot so the sign the documentation of the mohenjo-daro seal with the text inscription consistent with the three headed field symbol or the pictorial motif are consistent with the documentation of metal work by these artisans where does this lead us we have got about 9000 indescript inscriptions now how do we analyze it we have a remarkable analytical tool called the tantra yukti documented by chakrapani with the tool was used by great scholars like panini who wrote the ashtadhyayi charaka who wrote the charaka samhita and kautilya who wrote the arthashastra they used this methodology consisting of about 40 compositions of textual interpretation interpretation of phenomena linking them up together into a research methodology of called the tantra yukti a string of 40 words in sanskritam expressions are used they have been translated into english reasonably good translations to indicate how a researcher must expand his doubts and the purvapaksha and his presentations in the contextual framework of analyzing the words the expressions in proper context so the yatra yukti is a remarkable dissertation tool which have been which has been used right from the early centuries of the before common era by panini by charaka and kartilya later all the three of them were present in the great first university of takshashila people from all over the world were gathering there to listen to these great masters to learn from panini about language and grammar to learn from charaka about the herbals and the wealth resources of the trees and flowers and from kautilya the organizational competence and establishment of the polity 
for creating artha, wealth of nation. Artha also means meaning. Now, let us take a Simhavalokanam at what we have covered so far in these eight topics. It shows a new floodlight on the Saraswati Sindhu civilization. I will read out in six frames. Over 9,000 inscriptions of Windows script have been added to the epigraphia Indica to constitute the primary resources for the narration of the history of Bharatam Janam. That's it. 9,000 inscriptions are available today to narrate the history of Bharatam Janam, economic history. Over 80% of the archaeological sites are on the banks of the Vedic river Saraswati. Hence, it's appropriate to call the civilization Saraswati Sindhu. The word Hindu is derived from the word Sindhu, which also signifies Sindhan, Hindan, which refers to Sindh cotton from the black cotton soils of the region, Sapta Sindhavaha, an expression used in Rigveda. The Sapta Sindhavaha cotton was in great demand. The Hindu civilization people became the clothiers of the world, supplying cotton goods. Rigveda refers to Hariupia as the site of two Dasaragna wars, first war of 21 kings, second war of 10 kings. One is called the Dvi Dasaragna, second is called Dasaragna. 20 kings, 10 kings. Saraswati Sindhu civilization is a continuum of the culture detailed in the Rigveda and related ancient texts. Saraswati river, together with Ganga, Yamuna, Brahmaputra, Mekong, Iravadi, Salveen, all Himalayan rivers, was a navigable waterway. Navigable waterway. These navigable waterways complemented the Indian Ocean, which was a critical navigable waterway for the ancient maritime trade. So, the waterways of these great Himalayan rivers and the Indian Ocean constituted the framework, the structural framework for the ancient maritime trade recorded in these 9000 inscriptions. Tin bronze evolution and the dawn of the iron steel age overlaps in the civilizational area. Iron smelting has been archaeologically attested on the Ganga Basin sites, Malhar, Rajanalkitila and Lohardiva. Dynamic Himalayas are still in formation stage, arising 1 cm every year due to plate tectonics. This is a cosmic dance metaphor. Plate tectonics have structural control over the hydrological systems of rivers and glacial water flows. The causes for the desiccation of the river Saraswati caused by plate tectonics and resultant diversions of the Sutlej and Yamuna rivers westwards and eastwards due to tears in the Shivalik ranges have been very clearly proven, proved by researchers. Rakhigadi was the capital of the civilization. It's more than 500 hectares, larger than Mohanjadaro. Located close to Ketri mines as a transshipment point between Brahmaputra, Ganga, Yamuna river, river navigable waterways which carried merchandise of tin and iron resources from the ancient Far East and Saraswati river which is also a navigable waterway. Rakhigadi was in the central point on the ridge along the Aravalli ranges which constituted the water divide. Water flowing from the glaciers east of this range, Rakhigadi flow eastwards. Water flowing west of the range or trough flow westwards. So this is called the water divide of Rakhigadi. Shivalingas have been discovered in Harappa by Madhusuruf paths. Artisans and seafaring merchants have organized themselves into guilds which evolved as Janapadas republics and Mahajanapadas, larger republics in the historical periods. They also grew into Magadha and Mauryan empires. Artisans and seafaring merchants were Meluha speakers. The Meluha speakers also spread into Markmare speech.
of the Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand. Milukha signifies the Bharatiya Sprakbund, the language union or linguistic area, where people from different language families absorbed features from one another and made them their own. University of Hawaii linguists have demonstrated that Montmere languages have roots in Santali, Munda, Austroasiatic languages, which have now been proved on October 20, 2020, genetically also. The same group, same Austric speakers, Austroasiatic speakers moved into the ancient Far East. Links of Saraswati Sindhu civilization with ancient Far East region of Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, Burma have been proven with the Dongson and Korean bronze drums decorated with Indescript hieroglyphs. Indescript is a logographic writing system called Mlechita Vikalpa by Vatsyayana. Each sign, each pictorial motif component is a hieroglyph, red rebus and meluha. Words to signify the sign or animal and the similar sound rebus, readings of milk resources, minerals, metals, alloys, seropody artifacts, furnaces, smelters, guilds, guild master, cargo boats. An Indian lexicon has been prepared with words grouped semantically into over 8,000 groups, establishing that from 5th millennium before common era, Bharatam Janam or Asprakbund, language union, one or more of the present-day Bharatiya languages still contain words used by Beluha artisans and seafaring merchants of the tin, bronze, iron, steel age, firmly anchoring a united Bharatam with a united language speech structure, Asprakbund. Three pure tin gods have been found in a shipwreck in Haifa, Israel. They were inscribed in indescript, indescript hieroglyphs. In ancient maritime tin route, linking ancient Far East and ancient Near East through ancient India, Saraswati civilization trade centers is posited. So the ancient tin route linked Hanoi in Vietnam with Haifa in Israel. Over 90% of the copper used in Eurasia to proclaim the tin bronze revolution came from K3 mines of Rajasthan, Gujarat. It has been proved conclusively by archaeometallurgical provenance analysis. Salamanasar III obelisk, black obelisk, records tributes which are indescript hieroglyphs. A monkey dust as a woman is a Meluha word, Ratni, which is red reverse as Ratni, treasure, gems and jewels, wealth. The most frequently used hieroglyphs in indescript corpora signify Karnaka, rim of jar, rebus, Karnaka, supercargo, helmsman, scribe, Engraver, accountant. Spiny horn, forward thrusting young bull is Konda Singhi, fine gold ornament, gold, gold sacred, sacred fire altar, Agni Kunda, Kundar, Turner. Standard device is Kunda, fine gold, Kamata, mint. The indescript tradition continued into historical periods, evidenced by the Panchmar coins from mints and in cultural friezes. Ganda Berunda signifies ancestral image. Ganda means ancestral image of a Siena bird, Asani thunderbolt, Ahangar blacksmith, Saraba, derived from Karaba in the Kentum Satim breakup of Indo-European languages, is camel, Rebus, Karba, iron, Iba is an elephant, Ib is iron, Kolel is a smithy and a forge, Kolel is also a temple, Vyala, Yali, Kola, tigers, Kol, Rebus, Kol working in iron, Pola, Zebu, Rebus, Pola, Magnetite War, Polodu, Black Drango, Polodu, Pulat, Pulat, Bolad, Steel. Thus, Iron Steel Age overlapped 
in bronze age major contributory factor making ancient saraswati sindhu civilization in india as the richest nation on the globe working with natural resources of mineral ores gem and precious stones cultivation of wheat rice cereals forest products cotton and silk clothings maritime trade organization of guilds as an economic factor of production they resulted in the emergence of the shared commonwealth where wealth produced was shared equitably among all the citizens of the janapadas and mahajanapadas and the guilds the artisans and seafaring merchants organized into guilds to create the wealth of the nation provenance analysis had to be done for ancient resources the way it was done for copper from ancient far east to conclusively prove that the source of the tin for the tin bronze revolution occurred from ancient far east the way the analysis approved that copper came from kachari mines so the cape the bharatiya merchants with the merchandise of copper and tin are seen in the shuil issue cylinder seal with the signifiers of the goat and the ranku liquid measure ranku tin language studies have to be continued to explain the formation and evolution of all bharatiya languages from the days of the bharatiya spark bund language union of about 5th millennium before common era the language divide of the so called indo aryan dravidian and mundarika has been fully falsified cultural framework of the civilization continues in a living indian tradition hindu tradition wearing of the sindoor the parting of the hair yoga practices worship of shivalinga veneration of rivers and tirthasthanas and firm adhyatmika foundation of dharma results in the dictum of basava kayakave kailasa work is worship which is the representation of isavasya upanishad famous statement tena taktena bunjita thus saraswati sindhu civilization was a veneration of the artisans of bharatam janam yagna is a process of producing wealth working with mineral resources and sacred fire altars fire altars as furnaces yagna is a process of producing wealth the imagery of makara is significant the word is makara composite animal a unique form of writing system combining hieroglyphs rebus makara bellows blower damaka blacksmith the imagery adorns thousands of temple entrances in bharat himalayas constitute the world's greatest water tower still growing still dynamic still growing by 1 cm up the the indian plate is pushing up at about 6 cm per year and pushing north eastwards the glacial waters should be used to reach out to every home and every farm 24 by 7 to ensure further economic development and welfare of bharatam janam and people of the ancient far east work is ongoing to make vedic river saraswati flow again in bharatam together with the moving flood waters moving of flood flood waters of brahmaputra to all parts of southern bharat after rameshwaram and shetubanda this interlink of rivers has also been approved in a magnificent judgment rendered by a three judges led led by headed by chief justice of india kapadia suggesting that this project must be taken up and monitored personally by the prime minister of bharat with the disbursement of indusrip corpora researchers have access now to primary sources to narrate the ancient economic history of bharatam janam and wealth of nations this is what we have achieved with this new flood light on the saraswati sindhu civilization now let us present executive summary by recollecting isavasya upanishad statement isavasya vidam sarvam yatkincha jagatyam jagat tena tyaktena bhujita magrudak kasya siddhanam what does it mean 
all this is for habitation by the supreme divinity we are only rentiers supreme divinity has control over the entire habitation whatsoever is individual universe of movement is the universal motion by that renunciation thou should enjoy lust not after any one's possession just earn wealth share it industry is the world's first wealth accounting system industrial scale organization of production of tin bronze and aged products resulted along the trading of ancient maritime tin route between hanoi vietnam and haipa israel basava translates this ishavasi upanishad statement with this terse expression kayakave kailasa work is worship creating the shared wealth of nation through guilds artisans governed by veda traditions of dharma satyam tena taktena bunjita enjoy through sacrifice as the wealth account system for barter trade transactions matured into a monetary system by about 7th century before common era indescript hieroglyphs continued to be used on ancient mint coins together with brahmi karosti greek syllabic scripts now we have seen the dawn of a gold standard which is relatable to the indescript hieroglyphs of fine gold and ornament gold this is what we have achieved the indescript is a phenomenal documentation 9000 inscriptions is what we have is a rich gold mine of resource available for the researchers who can take this forward and narrate this story of a civilization of the saraswati sindhu hindu civilization and energize the youth and enthuse them to work on this work don't take whatever has been presented as the final truth there could be mistakes so please get engaged get involved review suggest amendments suggest corrections treat this as a pioneering work as a resource as a starting point so further work can be done in language studies and in the analysis of the inscriptions in such a manner that we will be able to present a picture of enormous significance for creating the wealth of nations for the present and future generations that is the message that this uh, these eight topics that we have presented so far size tips to convey i am beholden to my gurus and all my friends and all the scholars from whom i have learnt a lot i stood on their shoulders and taken all these materials from them nothing is original it's all a compilation i am only an instrument a nimitta matram this what i have achieved is something that can be cherished as the contribution of bharat of the ancient civilization to the rest of the world the key message is dharma let us understand the significance of this principle of dharma it is related to the atman atman is a life principle of sensation sensation and life principle the sensory perception that we have and all that and what constitutes life that is atman dharma is an exploration which tries to analyze your own atman with that paramatman and try to link up there is one part of dharma dharma nirapeksha that is you achieve nishrayas and you also contribute to the welfare of people that is dharma so this is the tradition documented in our ancient texts and all the documentation is available to us primary resources are plentiful all that we have to do is to inquire into it using the tantrikti doctrine and make a presentation in very simple fashion as possible as simple a manner as possible including the presentation through apps app, app applications on uh, cell phones give it to the world give it to the children of the globe 
Namaskaram. Thank you very much for bearing with me for all these episodes presented, which is only a starting point. Namaskaram.